season of Christ's birth, which we know. It's the Advent. What does Advent mean? Advent means coming. He's coming. He said he would come. He said he would be born of the Virgin Mary. He said he would come. And he came. And so if he said he will return for us and catch us up to be with him in eternal life, he will do that. So the purpose of our service today is just to give glory to the promise that he will keep. He is a a promise-keeping Savior this morning. And I'm so thankful that you folks rose early and came to just celebrate his birth and just to be thankful and to worship him. It's so awesome. Well, in Advent, we light candles. And uh, so today, the first candle that we... um, put the match to, was found in uh, Psalm 31-24. So who has that scripture if you would just read it this morning? First candle. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. First candle was hope. There was no hope. Before Jesus came and brought the light of hope to us. The second candle represents peace. It's found in John fourteen twenty seven. And that's the greatest message that the angels gave came that the angels gave was to fear not. Fear not. Thank you, Jesus. Third candle is John fifteen eleven. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, that, and that your joy might be full. The thing that's important, church, is our joy depends upon how much joy we have of Jesus. So if we have a lot of joy of Jesus, we can get through the struggles with his joy in us. Praise the Lord. And the fourth one uh, is found in uh, Romans 8.19. For the earnest expectation of the creature which waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. This is where we are, church. We're waiting. Waiting for the return of the Lord. The message today isn't going to be, it will be brief, but it's very, very important. And it's entitled, The Promise Fulfilled. Uh, in the midst of Christmas, we don't always have these glorious thoughts that uh, the promise has been fulfilled. There's a lot of promises that have been broken in our life. Do I get an amen? But the promise that Jesus gave has never been broken. It has been fulfilled. And this is the glorious moment of a historical moment. The world doesn't understand this historical moment, but it is that history was made. When Jesus fulfilled his promise. And so, you know, if if we don't do anything else in this season, but just meditate upon the power of his promise, what he has promised, he will fulfill it. And, you know, he said he would he said he would bring a child of the Virgin Mary. And this is what he did. Sometimes in the hustle and the bustle, you know, of our life, we forget this miraculous moment. Somebody said, are there still miracles? Yes, the miracles are still happening today. We have life. We have liberty. We can pursue happiness, the joy of God in our life. And the greatest advent of all is still to come. 
The promise is still coming. He has also made a promise to us, which I'm sure that you're familiar with. And I know that everybody here understands these things and knows these things. But just in this moment that we're together today to honor Jesus' birth, not only is he not a child anymore, but he's the resurrected Savior. And he's given us a promise that just like in the beginning, he said, I will do this, and he did it. He's going to do it again. And this is his promise to us today in First Thessalonians 4.16. And I know that you know it, but it's the most powerful uh, verse of all when we think about the promises of God. And it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. Aren't we gloriously awaiting that moment? And says, then which we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is the greatest thing of all. When we go our way today, we can just have it in our heart that God has not only fulfilled the first promise, second promise is coming as we wait for the expectation of the Lord. I know, saints, that you know this. I know you know what I'm saying to you today, but it's good to be reminded that there are promises that can be kept, and God will always keep his promise to us. And it's so important, and I love that song, and it's in your bulletin. I I wrote it in your bulletin this morning, and it says, The sky shall unfold. Hallelujah. That's one of my favorite uh, songs of all. Preparing his entrance, the stars shall applaud, applaud him. And with thunderous praise, can you even imagine the praises that's going to come forth from the heavens when the sky unfolds and Christ stands before him? And I believe all world, a whole world will see him standing there. And the world will be so sad because he's not coming for them. He's coming for the righteous and for the ones who believe in him. And we shall behold him face to face. That is a promise that he has given to us. Our trust and our belief in Jesus today, you know, is our comfort. The Bible says this is what will comfort you in your struggle, in your trial, in your misfortune, in all the things that can happen to us as the devil harasses us. God is faithful and he will never leave us nor forsake us and he shall return for his own. And it's important, church, because by you being here today, you're saying, I'm, I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm ready, Lord Jesus, and we don't want to miss the trumpet, do we, church? So when our and our eyes today are on the holy city, you know that that is a sign of the end time that is happening in our very life right this moment. And so we think about Jerusalem, we think about the war that's going on there, but understand something, church, there's a spiritual movement going on in our world. Even though the works of darkness seem so rampant and it seems so so sad sometimes when we look at what's going on. Let me tell you something, church. There's something going on in the heavenlies that's so powerful that's going to transcend all these idiosyncrasies of the world's goals for evil. It is going to be a day of reckoning when Jesus deals with the judgment of our world. Jeremiah 33:14 is powerful. It says, "Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised." This is the word of the Lord, church. It's not just a pastor that's all excited about being raptured. 
It's the word of the Lord to the church today. Jeremiah 33, 14. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform the good thing which I have promised into the house of Israel, into the house of Judah. And I'm saying, and to the house of the Gentiles, because that is going to be performed for us. In a day of broken promises, we don't think much about holding a promise in our heart that's going to be fulfilled. But let me tell you something, church. This promise is going to be fulfilled. Let us continue to intercede for God's holy city, you know, and rejoice that we have a victorious Savior that has promised us. So, church, the word of God is powerful. Romans 4.21 says, I am fully persuaded. Is the church persuaded today that his promise will come and he will return for his people? says, I am fully persuaded that what he has promised, he is able to perform. Sometimes we make promises that we're not able to do. You know what I'm saying? But God has made a promise that he is able to keep that promise. And that should be our joy today. In this holy season, you know, that we must remember that he is our peace. Let's look at the candles this morning and see what they represent. He is our peace. He is our hope. He is our joy. And most importantly, he is our expectation. The enemy is out to dissuade us from the expectation of our soul. There's a lot of expectation in our world today. But the expectation of the promise of God that he will return is real. And we live in that moment in time. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the the profession of our faith without wavering. Here's my problem, church. Sometimes we waver just a tad. Sometimes we think, well, they said he was coming when I was a child. I used to lay under the pew in prayer meeting at my church when I was a child. And the last thing they would say is, you know, don't forget that Jesus is coming soon. I've been hearing that since I was four or five years old, since I remember that. But church, he's still coming. He's still coming, and there's still an expectation in my heart today at 83 that he's coming. And he's coming sooner for me than you, probably. But let me tell you something. No matter how he comes, he's coming, church. And he has given us the promise of eternal life. Titus 1-2 says, in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. What an awesome moment we live in, church, as we await with expectation the coming of our Lord and Savior. Let us be fully persuaded with hope. Let us be fully persuaded with peace. You know, there's no peace in our world. Uh, we, We reach for peace all the time. There's no peace in this world, but there's peace in Christ. Peace is is a man. It's man, Christ Jesus, and he is our peace, the word of God says. So it's First John 2.25 says, This is the promise that he hath promised us, eternal life. That is the word of the Lord to the house this morning. I was trying to decide, what will I say in 2024? So I said, don't be sad or sore. Rise up and... Um, Rise up in 24. Don't be sad or sore. How many ever get sore? Sore in the spirit, sore in the body, sore. 
So I said, don't be sad. Don't be sore. Rise up in 24. I want us to be more powerful in 24 than we've ever been before. Because we are going to have to stand against the works of darkness and reveal the expectation in our heart for eternal life. So this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. And this is the message that we must give to our families as we meet with them. Somehow, God will give us opportunities to display his peace to them that they might see Jesus in us. And we might not have to say a word. We might just have to have the joy of the Lord, the peace that passes all understanding. We must uh, abound in spiritual commodities that they might see the glory of Jesus in us. This is an hour. If there was ever an hour that we speak to our families about where are they going to spend eternal life, it is this hour to do this. And they may get angry with you, but just rise up because in 24 we are, have the opportunity to stand in the power and the anointing of the word of God. We cannot stand in our own purposes, but in God's. So today, as we go our separate ways, I'm so blessed to have such a wonderful church. I'm so blessed that you would change your schedule this morning and that you would come. I'm so blessed that the musicians just march on. I'm just so blessed that we have peace in our church. Many churches don't have peace. There's problematic situations. But, you know, God has been so good to us. And I want to tell you that I love you and I am so blessed to pastor this church. And I know that my days are shortening, but I know that God's word is never short. God's word will live forever. And we have an expectation in him that he has fulfilled the promise of Jesus' birth this day. We celebrate it. He has fulfilled the promise of resurrection. He has fulfilled the promise of giving us eternal life. And we're just in waiting in expectation. So as we go our separate ways, let us have a joy in our heart. I want to pray this morning the joy of Christ upon you, that that joy will be so pungent that when you meet with your families, they will see that something good is going on in your life, maybe that is not in their life because they don't have the joy of the Lord. So, Father, I ask for the blessings of joy upon your people today. Father, that as we have come to worship you and to see that you have fulfilled your promise to us, we ask, oh God, now that we can be a promise for you, that we can show forth the joy, the peace, the very things of Advent as we meet with our families, Lord, or as we pass people in the highways, oh God. I pray the joy of the Lord upon your people that it will just bubble up and they'll just look at you and wonder what you're thinking that is so funny. Because the joy of the Lord will prevail in your life today. And I give you glory and honor and power and praise in Jesus' name. My heart overflows with joy today to be able to stand before you on this early morning and tell you that Jesus is coming soon. And that what is happening in Israel is a true sign and we must pray for Israel. I brought with me today something, the Shama, to tell you But it says, it says, there's one Lord, one God over all. And that was their common prayer, that there is one God, one Lord, one Savior. 
I know they don't say Savior yet, but they will.